This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. Ukraine's capital city is still under Ukrainian control, despite more than two weeks of Russian attacks aimed at capturing the seat of power. Now Russian forces appear to be preparing for a new attempt to take Kyiv. That is where we reached Olga Stefanishina, Ukrainian Deputy Prime Minister of European and Euro-Atlantic Integration. She told our co-host Leila Fadl that the attacks in the West were not a surprise. We were prepared for any kind of scenario, including assaults on the western part of Ukraine. Basically, that means that Putin is again raising the stakes uh, in the negotiations before the next round of bilateral talks. He has started to put ultimatums which are going beyond Ukrainian border. For example, uh, the ultimatums that NATO to stop any kind of cooperation with Ukraine, uh, to put different threats about the uh, no-fly zone, about the flights and the jets. This war is not the war in Ukraine. It's the war for for his influence and for his uh, like the way he sees the world. And the recent assaults and basically attacks to the military infrastructure, airdromes, airports and military bases. This is, uh, let's say, um, an attempt to legalize the ultimatums internationally, but also trying to weaken our army by uh, destroying the military infrastructure in like most secured part of the territory of Ukraine. That base, was that a base where foreign fighters for the Legion were training? Yeah, this was the, the largest training base uh, in Ukraine since many years ago, but especially in uh, since 2014, all the international trainers and battalions were training there together with Ukrainian armed forces in terms of the capacity building, ensuring the interoperability and etc. So this was a uh, targeted assault. More than 30 rockets were uh, targeted to this area. But this uh, this shows that there's no secure areas that they have the they have the capacity, but we have the highest level of preparedness. NATO, the U.S. have made it very clear that they will not implement a no-fly zone. That this would be uh, seen as direct combat with Russia, and leaders in Europe and the U.S. say it risks a wider war. What's your response to that? Well, uh, I think it's very important not to think what would be the consequences of taking it, but rather thinking what would be the consequences of not taking it. It is absolutely clear their air defense is something which is used uh, constantly by Russian Federation to attack the civilians, to destroy the people of Ukraine. So, of course, the, the position of NATO was precise and clear, but still there is also a UN platform uh, who could still make this decision, even having Russia in the Security Council. So it is still legally possible to take this decision and also to protect the sky in a humanitarian purposes. Uh, and in that regard, there should be no difference between Russia and Iran or any other country. But the difference is, is that Russia has threatened use of nukes and they have nuclear power. And European leaders, American leaders have said this risks World War Three. Yes, you know, but they have already uh, captured two nuclear stations in Ukraine. And Putin does not have to push the button. He can just simply put uh, a group of uh, uneducated uh, officers 
only like the riding by tents throughout the area already increased the level of radiation without any actions taken. So just like going throughout this area is something that increases the risk. So you don't have to wait until he will push the bottom. He can do it right ahead and he already threatens that. Russia is now in control of one of Ukraine's power plants. It also has control of Chernobyl and Russian forces are approaching another power plant. What happens if Russian forces seize control of more of these plants? Uh, well, I, I would start by saying that the, the first 24 hours of uh, war, when they captured the Chernobyl uh, station, this was the target they were uh, uh, attempting to capture. And what we did, we reached all the international organizations and immediately demanded to, uh, two things, uh, to uh, ensure the secure uh, area in Chernobyl, but also to hold Russia obliged to withdraw its forces and ensure the security of the station. But so far, uh, all the international organizations failed to uh, do anything meaningful in terms of like securing these objects, except of planning some visits and showing concerns. But you should really hear me that the Russian armed forces, these are the armed forces, they are uh, now physically in this part of area. Nobody has access to that. And nobody except of them uh, ensures uh, they are functioning. And basically anything could happen any day. They just get the order and they implement it. Anything could happen. I do want to ask you about your own security. We've heard now of Russian forces taking two mayors hostage since the invasion started. What does this mean for other officials like you? We do not uh, really put a line between officials and the citizens of Ukraine who are suffering enormously. There's been assassinated, the women's been raped and the men's were killed. Many, many children were left without their parents and families. Many children have died basically. Uh, and we never couldn't understand what was the purpose of bombing the maternity houses or hospitals or schools or kindergartens. You said women are being raped. Where is that happening? There is a major number of areas uh, which are, are being taken under control of the Russian armed forces, like Gostomel, uh, some cities in the southern part of Ukraine, including around the Kiev area. We have fixed uh, all these cases to the extent we could have, because simply the armed forces and Ukrainian officials do not have access uh, uh, to this area. And we have provided all international organizations which has any kind of mandate in that regard. This is crime against humanity. This is not a war. This is a terror. Russian forces have struggled trying to take Kiev. It's seen as the prize for Vladimir Putin. But they are closing in on the city. Is there any scenario in which you would consider leaving Kyiv? Well, I'm not a military person. Uh, I mean, we all are now military people in the government. But uh, I have the full confidence that Kyiv is standing on its two of its legs and Kyiv will resist by any price. Olga Stefanoshina, Deputy Prime Minister for European and Euro-Atlantic Integration of Ukraine, talking to us via Skype. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone 
the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. 